Good morning and welcome to Ask BBB. Ask BBB brings you information from and about accredited businesses so that consumers are better informed about goods and services they're purchasing or contracting. I'm Jim Swan and your host on Ask BBB is Jennifer Matthews, CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. Good morning, Jennifer. Thanks, Jim, and good morning, everyone. On today's program, we'll deal with winter. We'll hear about some things we should know when buying a snowblower and some tips on maintaining your furnace. And besides helping people find trustworthy businesses, BBB also helps keep us informed about scams and fraud. And later this morning, we'll talk to Constable Sandasha Bao of London Police Service to learn about a so-called taxi scam that has resulted in an estimated $100,000 losses. Ooh, I, I guess you could probably say they got taken for a ride <laughs> without even getting into the cab. We look forward to learning more. Right now, let's meet our first guest, John Williams, one of the owners of Hyde Park Equipment. Good morning, John. Morning. How are you? Great, thanks. We had intended to talk about buying a snowblower this morning, but we understand it might be a little bit late for that. So can you talk to us a bit about the availability of snowblowers right now? Uh, yes, we have none left. Um, we've been sold out for quite a while. Um, obviously, uh, supply chain has been on everyone's minds this year and last year. Uh, it's uh, no different for snowblowers or any power equipment. Uh, availability is is not good. So if we are one of the lucky ones to actually have purchased a snowblower before the supply chain issues, what are some of the things we should know about the maintenance of them? Um, the, the most common thing we see with snowblowers is people leave fuel in it from the previous winter. Um, they go to start it the first time it snows and our phones ring off the hook. Um, people letting us know that they can't get their snowblower started. So most of the time it's, uh, it's simply a fuel related issue, uh, bad gas. Like, gas goes bad in three to six months or less, depending on the amount of ethanol in it. Um, yeah, that's the most common thing. And if we are in need of some maintenance that we can't do ourselves or repair, can we still have our snowblower repaired at Hyde Park? Yes, absolutely. We'll, uh, we service all makes and models of snowblowers, regardless of uh, where you purchased it. So do you have a, a summarizing kit for people when the, the snow is all gone? Or do you... uh, we, we do um, when people bring their uh, their snowblower in after the winter's over. We always clean it up and put a stabilizer in the gas. Uh, is the most important thing a good quality stabilizer, or you leave it completely empty of gas. If we are looking ahead to the future, is ordering one or placing one on order right now possible for delivery next fall? And some, what are some of the things we should be considering as we're approaching that? Uh, yeah, definitely something to think of now. Um, we're not sure what the supply chain will be like in the fall. Um, you can certainly talk to us and we can get your name down for, uh, to get something organized for you in the fall. Uh, it's just hard to know what, uh, what we're going to get and what the prices might be with all the, uh, the current rate of inflation is not helping the prices either. So but we can certainly work something out for the fall. And do you help walk us through what our requirements would be for a, a snowblower size, anything like that? Yeah, you have to consider the where you live in Ontario. Um, we don't all get the same amount of snowfall um, and the size of your driveway. Uh, and if you want to do your neighbor's driveway and their neighbor's driveway, and um, so there's single stage or two stage, there's a lot of different options and we can definitely help you narrow it down when you talk to us. John, snowblowers and garden equipment for homeowners is how things started out at Hyde Park Equipment. But uh, tell us a bit about how the business has grown since you started in 1972. 
Yeah, we, we started out small. Um, obviously, I wasn't around back then, but uh, it started small with a small line of uh, lawn and garden products, and we just continued to grow our, our short line products. Um, and at one point, we acquired, not acquired, we, uh, we started selling Kubota tractors. Um, so that was big for our business. That became our, our main line and our main focus. And uh, ever since then, we've been growing. And uh, in 2018, we opened our second location in South London. Uh, right off the 401 and uh, we just keep growing. Kubota keeps coming out with new products and we like to keep selling them. So you also offer larger pieces of construction and farm equipment. Can you talk to us a little bit about those? Uh, yes, we, uh, Kubota makes a, a big line of mini excavators and track loaders and skid steers. Um, we sell everything Kubota has to offer. Um, we are big in construction. Uh, and we're trying to get bigger in agriculture. Um, Kubota has recently come out with some larger horsepower tractors um, and some some good farm implements. So that's definitely a category we're we're trying very hard to grow in. When you're purchasing a tractor or one of the excavators that you mentioned, that can be a sizable investment. And how do you guide that purchaser uh, through the process so that they match their equipment to their needs? Uh, we ask a lot of questions. Um, we know the right questions to ask. We have a great team of experts that work for us that have industry experience, regardless of what uh, industry our customers are from. Um, so we know the right questions to ask them to get the piece of equipment that's right for them. Speaking of investment, John, do you get involved with the financing part of the purchase or is that strictly left to the financial institutions? Yeah, we definitely get involved. Um, the majority of our financing is, is done through Kubota Canada. Um, they're great to work with. They always have great financing offers for all their equipment um, and they will finance non-Kubota equipment as well. We started our conversation with snowblowers and ordering for next year. Do uh, farm operators and contractors order equipment or arrange repair seasons ahead as well? Yeah, they've always planned ahead to a certain extent, um, but it's becoming more and more necessary to, to plan farther and farther ahead. Um, so we always try to reach out to our customers uh, to make sure they have what they need for the coming season. Hyde Park Equipment has supported BBB and maintained an A-plus rating for over 20 years, John. How important is that to you and uh, to the, the people at Hyde Park Equipment? Uh, it's extremely important. Um, we've always, from the very beginning, been a very uh, relationship-oriented business. Um, as soon as you you know start to deal with us, you'll, you'll realize that, um, whether it's a, a lawnmower or a, a 200-horsepower tractor, um, we'll have a relationship with you to make sure that all your sales, parts, and service needs are always taken care of. Well, thanks for that information, John. We want to thank you for taking the time this morning to talk to us about snowblowers, uh, excavators, and other farm equipment. And we appreciate you talking to consumers and being a part of the Better Business Bureau. Thank you very much for having me. John Williams is with Hyde Park Equipment, accredited business with the BBB with an A-plus rating. And you'll find them in the BBB directory, along with links to their website, and social media pages. Next, a well-known Londoner has a brand new business. Peter Inch is our guest when we return. Welcome back to Ask BBB with Jennifer Matthews, CEO of BBB, serving Western Ontario. I'm Jim Swan. Our next guest is no stranger to the airwaves or to Londoners in general. He is known for his community involvement and especially for the part he played in bringing major curling events to the city. He joins us this morning to talk about something that has been a constant part of his life, furnaces. 
And it's a pleasure this morning to welcome Peter Inch of Peter Inch and Associates Heating and Cooling. Welcome, Peter. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Peter, the Inch name has been associated with heating and cooling in London for decades. Tell us about your new venture. Yep. So we, um, the uh, Inch name has been doing the heating and air conditioning for over 95 years. Uh, And unfortunately or fortunately, depending, I was uh, uh, restructured out of our grandfather's company back in July and I kind of took the summer off to, to try to improve my golf game. That, that didn't work very well. So uh, myself, along with some former employees, uh, had a meeting on my back deck in August. And we, I determined I wasn't finished in the heating and air business. And we decided we were going to open up a partnership. And uh, Peter Inch and Associates Heating and Air Conditioning was formed out of that meeting. And we opened up on... January 3rd with seven founders is what we call them. And each of us have equal share in the business, but they were all uh, well-known. They have 25 years, 10 years experience in the business. So uh, combined, we have about 140 years of experience. Fantastic. So on mornings like this, uh, and it's so cold today, can you tell us what are some of the problems we could anticipate with our systems at this time of year? Well, definitely with the snow we've had before and the coldness now and the winds, we get a lot of plug vents at this time of year where snow is swirling around in a corner and it will build up into a drift and it will get close to those uh, furnace vents, water heater vents, fireplace vents, and could cause them to suck the snow in or at least block it and shut the furnace down. When you're out shoveling that, make sure you kind of clear a three-foot circle around that vent of any snow or debris that might be in that area. And does this extreme cold put more stress on our heating systems? It does. It works harder, um, but if you've had that maintenance done or you had your equipment well-maintained, it should be able to handle it. But if you haven't had it maintained and it's been three, four, five years, this can stress it out. And, and a clean filter can help remove some of that stress because it can get all the air that it needs. So dirty filters and cold weather are not a good thing for a firm. Is that maintenance something you suggest to be done on an annual basis? And at what time of year is it best to schedule that? We We say uh, a gas appliance should be maintained every year. So whether that's a gas fireplace or a gas furnace or a gas boiler, we believe for safety, they need to be looked at every year. An air conditioner, you could maybe go every two years on that. Having it checked over and making sure all the safeties are in place and everything's working fine, we say it's really required to have that. Time of the year doesn't matter. We say as long as in a 12-month period you have that done, you're fine. If It doesn't matter if it's done before the cold or during the cold. Myself, I like it during the cold. So when it's really working hard, that's when I would like it cleaned and, and made to be the most efficient because that's when I'll save the most money when it's running. So, Peter, if we haven't done that and we experience a, a breakdown, uh, how long does it take to get things back up and working? 
It, it, it's a lot harder now with COVID, to be honest. Uh, the supply chain issues of getting parts and things are really putting the strain. Um, so in most cases, we can use a universal part and get you up and going within you know 30 minutes to an hour. But if it is a, a generic or it is a genuine part to that manufacturer, uh, and they do not carry it at their warehouse, let's say in London, you could be down, you know, 24 to 48 hours before we could get that up and running. Peter, this colder air is a bit drier, we find. So is a humidifier system something we should look at? It is. Um, what we find these days is the smart thermostats put the humidity level on the thermostat. So before, people never knew what the humidity level is. Now they're looking at it every day and they're saying, hey, I want that a little higher. So there is different humidifiers, there's what they call bypass. And it will get, if we're lucky, 35% humidity at the highest in your home. And then there is steam humidifiers that will be for people who really need it higher than 35. They want it for whether they have grand piano or they have a lot of wood and they really need to fine tune that uh, humidity, we would then look at a steam humidifier at that point. Is that something that can be added, uh, retrofitted to a furnace uh, and heating system? It can, it can be added on to any forced air. So we need air moving through it, heating system that you have. And, and I mean, it will range from $500 for a uh, drum or a flow through humidifier to $2,000 for a steam humidifier. When should we look at replacing the HVAC system in our house with a newer system? And what would the choices be for us when we come to that point? Well, in it, you know, a lot of, everybody has their own numbers. You know, I always say that once you hit the 10 year mark, you should start budgeting to replace it. It doesn't mean it needs to be replaced, but we need to understand we're closer to the end than the beginning at that point. Once a unit crosses that 15-year period, uh, again, that maintenance every year to make sure it's safe and that there's nothing and no cracked heat exchange or anything like that. The, the vent pipes are together are very important, but you need to take the time to start budgeting for a replacement. We're in a kind of a funny time. There's talk that natural gas won't be available after 2030. And now they're talking about heat pumps as, as the heating system. So we're kind of sitting in the middle where natural gas are still popular uh, furnaces and they're still, um, let's say, uh, easy to buy or, or not very expensive to buy versus going to a heat pump, which will increase the price and will use more electricity. And depending where you are, if you're in London Hydro or Hydro One, the price of electricity can be higher. So. We are, you know, we're sitting here going, hmm, where should I take my company? More to the heat pump side or should I stay with the gas furnace side? So it, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting down the road, but I think heat pumps will make a comeback and will be a big part of the heating of your home in the future. Peter, you've been part of the London community in many ways over the years. You've even served on the board of directors for BBB. Can you reflect on the role of the Better Business Bureau within our region? 
Well, I, I believe in the BBB and I believe that it plays a big role. And, and I believe the BBB has adjusted to this new online world and everything that's, that's happening out there. But I believe consumers need someone they can look towards that they can trust that is going to be independent, uh, not, you know, Google reviews and, and uh, things like that. I believe they need to be independent and someone that they, you know, when things don't go right, they have an option. To, to contact and talk to and try to come to a resolution. And so I believe, you know, why we're a part of the BBB is because I believe it's a major part of the community and it's a major part in buying decisions. Peter, we'd like to thank you for your time this morning and sharing with us uh, ideas for our heating and cooling systems in our homes. We appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me and enjoy your Saturday. Peter Inch is the president of Peter Inch and Associates Heating and Cooling. Look them up at the BBB directory to learn more. Coming up, how people were taken for a ride without getting in the cab. And now back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with the host of Ask BBB, Jennifer Matthews, CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. A number of Londoners have been victims of a scam that in total amounted to an estimated $100,000 in losses. Constable Sandasha Bao of London Police Services joins us now to discuss what police have learned about this scam. Thanks for being here this morning with us, Constable. Thank you for inviting me. Is the taxi debit card fraud still active? We haven't had any reported incidents since January 10th. However, they did commence uh, approximately the week before on January 5th, and we received a number of reported instances from members of the public throughout that five-day period. And can you describe for us the scenario that these fraudsters used to scam their victims? Well, we did learn uh, through the course of the investigation that there were actually two separate vehicles operating within the city of London in different locations. And each of those vehicles were appearing to look like a taxi cab. And what would happen is one of the individuals, the passenger of the, the taxi cab, would approach members of the public and let them know that the driver wasn't accepting his cash because of a new COVID variant. And he would ask members of the public if he gave them approximately $10 in each of these instances, would they provide their debit card and pay for that taxi? And after receiving the cash from that individual and using their debit card to pay for the taxi, what would happen is the taxi driver would switch their debit card out with someone else's and the victim wouldn't learn until later on that they were defrauded uh, between thousands and tens of thousands of dollars after looking at their bank statements. What should a person do if they're approached in this scenario again? If the fraud is in progress or it just happened, then they can call 911. They can call us immediately. If the fraud took place in the past, then we encourage uh, members of the public to report those instances online. We have a fraud intake line. The number is 519-661-5515, extension 5257. And just provide as much information as you can. And... 
be cognizant that these types of frauds are out there. If something feels off, then just say no. If someone finds that they have become a victim of fraud, what are the steps that they should take in uh, digging into that deeper? We really encourage them to gather as much information as possible with respect to financial documentation, uh, just the information that we're going to be asking for in the future. If they have it right up front and ready to go, then it really assists with that investigation so that the investigators can move forward. Do you deal with uh, online frauds? Well, we do deal with quite a few of the online buy and sell sites. So individuals uh, pretending to be buyers or pretending to be sellers. If there is a specific fraud that you're looking to have a little bit more information in relation to, we do have a page on our external website, lenhampolice.ca, and it does go through every one of the frauds that we are seeing and what you can do if you are the victim of one of those uh, types of investigations. That's great information for everyone to have. And we'd like to thank you, Constable Bao, for taking the time this morning to share with us the information about this taxi uh, cab fraud that's been happening in London. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for inviting me. And that's our time for Ask BBB this morning. We like to hear from you. So contact us at hashtag AskBBB and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Jennifer Matthews. Remember to ask BBB. And start with trust. Trust.